Hello everyone, this is Scott Guider, the character Cephas from the hit franchise series, The Hillbilly Horror Show. You can now experience all the greatness from all The Hillbilly Horror Show. And all you need is a library card. And then you can go to Hoopla and watch them all for free. That's right, free. We love the word free. So, go ahead. For more details, go to the Hillbilly Horror Show Facebook page or go to www.hillbillyhorrorshow.com. That's right, Lulu, Bo, and myself, Cephas, the mumbling idiot. Again, go to www.hillbillyhorrorshow.com for more details or to the Facebook page. Jimmy, it says here that you're 14. You're 188 pounds. Piggy Lynch! Biggest fan! I'm sick of being fat and having everyone make fun of me. I hate school. I have no friends. I want to lose weight. So you talk to her once and you like her. So is she... Big? Like you? Actually, no. If you don't lose the weight, it'll never stop. And believe me, that'll be the least of your troubles. I promise you that. Failure is an inevitable part of life. It does not mean that we are defeated forever or that we should give up. Giving up is easy. Getting back up is hard. Chronicles in 2010, Michael Buchanan. Michael, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. Well, thank you for uh, accepting. And it's odd that I reviewed this movie, oh boy, it might have been two and a half years ago. And you do a tool that everyone does. You'll Google Fat Boy Chronicles and you find out who has reviewed it. And you came across me. So it's... Uh, Pretty interesting that two and a half years later, it's still there. I just want to thank you for coming on. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm thrilled to be here. And uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I was just kind of googling around, and and I found you, and uh, and I was reading your bio, and it said you do horror movies, and I was like, oh, this 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 review is going to be interesting. <laughs> and so, but when I heard what you had to say, I was like, wow, that's uh, great. So I was. Uh, thrilled to hear about it and then uh to make i reached out and make the contact so it's been great thank you and the reason why i think what, what attracted me to this film is there's some heaviness in both sides of my family now lucky for me you know they the doctors claim that uh if you're supposed to be a certain weight at 511 you're you're overweight but uh, i've been maintaining like a 212 220 weight for a 511 six foot person but they claim that it's obesity and it's stupid so i wanted to see um what this is about and what i find amazing about this film is jimmy winterpock he's a 14 year old he weighs 5'5 188 pounds and of course when you go to school you got these bullies that make fun of you because you of your weight so i'm going to let you start off from here the idea of this movie, can you explain the story behind it? Sure. Uh, Diane and I, I write with a lady in Cincinnati, Diane Lang, and we were at a book signing, gosh, it's probably been 10 years ago now, uh, for another book of ours. And this kid walked up, and he was kind of slim and trim, and I think he was a junior in high school at the time. 
but he was talking to us and he said, we all are writers. We're like, well, yeah. And, uh, and he said, well, I think you need to tell my story. And so we were like, okay, well, what is your story? And he told us how he had been picked on all the time in elementary and middle school, just because he was a little bit overweight, not, not big time overweight, but, but enough to make him the target. And he said that it was horrible. He would, uh, be alone in a school or feel totally alone in a school of 1200 all day long. Nobody would talk to him unless he wanted to dog him out. And the way most kids are, he had kind of kept it all to himself. He never really told his parents, a counselor, anybody until finally his eighth grade year. He talked to his doctor a little bit about it. And the doctor told him, he said, you know what, Doug, these other people might not ever change. There's only one person you will ever really be able to control. And that's yourself. And so this kid uh, took it on his own, his eighth grade summer, to kind of start working out and running around the block. And he lost 47 pounds that eighth grade summer. And, uh, yeah, and, and he's kept it off. And so, but he told us, he said, that he was, when he was having his really bad down days, that he would go to the library and look for a book for boys, middle school boys, that would uh, that would make him feel hopeful about his tomorrow. And he couldn't find a book like that. And he said, if you can write a book that, for guys that gives them uh, a realistic belief that they will be okay, uh, that he says, I, he knew it would help a lot of people. And so we kind of took the essence of that kid and plopped him down in ninth grade. But the book came first. We wrote the book. And it's the journal of a kid in ninth grade who's overweight and gets picked on. And it's his journal for English class. And so it's, uh, and Diane and I are both former teachers. So we knew that world. And so that's kind of how we created the book, and the book just took off and got this great response and reviews, and it's used all over the nation by schools. And so somebody asked us that had read the manuscript, said, wow, we'd like to make this movie. And so Diane and I went off and wrote this uh, screenplay for it, and that's how it all kind of came about. Oh, wow. Now, you, you said you and Diane Lang are the screenplay in the idea behind this now as far as the cast in the movie uh how did that come about uh well a lot of the kids even though they portray you know ninth and tenth graders in there they are older than that so some of them are from new york some are from la some are from atlanta so we did some local casting here where we filmed it uh we we filmed it right after uh, in a little town called noonan right after Zombieland finished filming and uh, I remember the mayor asking us if we were going to leave any arms and legs laying around like the last people did. <laughs> no, no, we, we've got a we've got a nice movie. And uh, but one of the interesting things about casting was that um, a fella in the town where we were filming knew Ron Lester, who played Billy Bob in Varsity Blues. And if you remember that character in Varsity Blues, you know he was like 500 pounds. Yeah, yeah. character and. His friend told him about <clears throat> about the story that we were thinking about doing. And so Ron read the book, <clears throat> and uh, he called the director, and he said, I need to talk to those writers of this book. So we got on the phone, and, and Ron was calling from L.A. <clears throat> Sorry. And he said that uh, – he said, well, he said, I read your book. He said, I read the Fat Boy Chronicles, and he said – uh, which of you were overweight? Because he said you had to have gone through what I did as a as a teenager because it's exactly the way I thought. And so we told him, like, well, you know, weight comes in all kind of forms. <clears throat> sometimes it's in the form of real weight that everybody can see, but sometimes it's because of things you had to deal with when you were younger 
uh, because of how you look, whether it's you're the prettiest girl or you wear goofy glasses or you're the <clears throat> you're not the best at sports or whatever the case may be. And that that struggle sits on your soul for a long time. And so we told him that we've been through things that we kind of understood the feeling of being the picked on or left out person. And we put that into the Jimmy character. And so <clears throat> he thought that was good. And he told the director and, and us, he said, well, I tell you what, he said, I'm going to change my schedule because I would love to play the doctor in your movie because I want to sit there and tell this kid that he needs to lose weight and take care of himself because he said, nobody told me when I was that age. And so that's how we ended up with Ron Lester in the film, which was very interesting. Because at the time when we met Ron, he had lost, he had had the gastric bypass and he had lost like 300 pounds. And so it, his whole journey was kind of one that the character in the movie had gone through. And so he was emphatic about wanting to be in the film and, and it worked out. So we're thrilled about it. Oh, wow. That's cool. So now I, I, I'm assuming that this movie, as you mentioned, is being used in schools, correct? Yes. It's used all over the nation uh, in schools and in special screenings and, uh, you know, just however they make it their own. The book uh, is perfect for middle and high school. A lot of high schools use it in their health classes because it meets so many standards. Oh, cool. And then in middle schools, it'll, oftentimes it'll be uh, all the seventh graders will read it or the whole school or all the sixth graders or whatever the case may be. <clears throat> because middle school is where bullying is the worst statistically, especially sixth grade. So they try to address it there. And kids like to read up. So the fact that the book is about a ninth grade kid gives them some insight into what's coming when they go to high school. And so uh, okay. it's been really popular. There's curriculum guides that have been created for it. And and uh, even though the book's been out several years in the movie, too, they just keep plugging right along. And, and we just keep getting, you know, a great response, whether it's from the United States or around the world. Oh, cool. But the movie did come out in 2012. Uh, excuse me. 12. Yeah. Okay. But the book's been out since? 2010. Right. Wow. And so, so it has a it has like a six a six year life. That's good. Yeah, I mean, good. I mean, they're still doing print runs. And I mean, I just did a talk uh, last week to a school where the book and the movie were part of Kindness Week, where the whole week was about how you treat people, and it was kind of a uh, taking the bullying situation and kind of turning it around and making it a positive thing, as opposed to instead of saying stop bullying, they were saying start being nice. And so that's why they, uh, they, you know, I go into schools and I'll talk about that and, and how the bystanders are really the most powerful group in a school, but they don't take advantage of the influence they can have, along with athletes. <clears throat> Especially when I talk to high school groups, I try to make sure the coaches and the athletes understand that most people in the school, especially students, look up to them for how a school's atmosphere comes about. And so athletes in a school can uh, make such a difference. And so, but uh, a lot of times that's not really uh, utilized. Interesting. That's true. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm assuming you mentioned in a brief conversation that there's a school in my area that you went to for a 
to talk to him, correct? Yeah. In New York? Uh, once the movie came out, we were contacted by a couple of middle schools outside of York, Pennsylvania. And they flew me and Diane up there, and we uh, all the kids read the book. And then we were there where they took two hours in one of the school mornings. And we all watched the movie together. And then Diane and I uh, spoke about, you know, things about film. Kids always want to know, you know, where the book came from and where the characters came from and all that. And But then we talked about some of the heavy-duty issues that are addressed in the film. And not only does is it a, a, a film about a kid who gets picked on because he's overweight, so there's two issues there. But uh, also the girl that Jimmy likes is a cutter. And so we've got that. And then the, well, Jimmy's friend has parents that aren't the best. And so yeah. there's, uh, you know, there's several things to talk about. And what was really interesting when we were in this middle school in New York was uh, there was a they actually the first time we were there, they flew Jimmy Christopher, Christopher Rare, the kid who plays Jimmy and Kelly Washington, who plays Sable. Jimmy's girlfriend in the movie. They flew them there too. And there was a girl at the middle school who had been a cutter and the counselors and everybody had really worked with her a lot. And yet it wasn't until Kelly who played the cutter in the film showed up and had a one-on-one 30 minute conversation with this girl that things started to get better because she identified so much with the Sable character. Wow. It, changed her life for Kelly to be there and just to talk to her about things. That's amazing. Wow. It was a very so powerful how, day. To, to, wow. Yeah. How is Christopher doing? He's doing fine. Hey, He's still in New York. Uh, Kelly is in, uh, Chris has been in some things. I saw him on uh, some TV show recently and Kelly has done really well. She's in LA. She was on a bunch of episodes of Parks and Rec. She was in the oh. latest Jurassic Park movie at the beginning. She played the girlfriend. And so, uh, oh yeah, 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 that's right. Right. So she's done some things, and uh, all the all the a lot of the actors in there, especially the kids, have gone off and done really, really wonderful work. The uh, kid who played Paul was just recently in Sleepy Hollow, and he's been on CSI and all those kind of things, and and so uh, you know it's been good. That's awesome, and they can watch it on Amazon Video, correct? Yeah, it's on Amazon and Netflix and all that kind of stuff. When it went on Netflix, it really just kind of blew up, and so because uh, wow. then it was just accessed by so many people, and and I'll get folks that'll send me a screenshot where they're flipping on Netflix, and it'll say today's recommended movie is Fat Boy Chronicles, and and uh, so that's just kind of you know when you write something, I mean we started with the book, and you know you don't know if anybody other than your mom's going to read it and like it, <laughs> and so the response has been just. Uh, very touching for for Diane and I, and then when the movie came out, the the reviews and the people that watch it and and the impact that it's made with a lot of kids has just been uh, it's been a very humbling experience. And there's also universities that use it for people that are going to become teachers because they'll read the book and watch the movie, and the discussion is one of how would how would you deal with this in your classroom because it's coming if you're going to be a teacher. This are, these are the things you're going to have to deal with. And these are the kids you're going to be having in your class. And so, uh, you know, it's a good prep for them to, to be thinking about this stuff before they're in it. Wow. Yeah, it's, I, I'm sure that when you had, when you wrote the book, um, I guess you probably never thought that it would have the life that it still has now. And not only that, you were a math teacher. Right. Um, 
Kelly was your when you're. Um, She's one of my trig students. Yeah, yeah. I was trying, trying to spit it out there, and to have, I mean, it, it's remarkable. I think it's remarkable for what you did. You took a story, and it's being used in schools. As you said, you you're helping students going into the ninth grade. You know, and it goes deeper than that. I'm pretty sure it goes deeper than that. The story you said about the cutter. I'm sure it's helped a lot of kids over the years in schools. It really has. I mean, every every time we do a school visit, kids want to come up and talk about their stories. And it, what it does, it gives kids a way to talk about things through the characters so they don't have to speak about themselves. They can, and yet, yeah. and so some, but sometimes it does, a lot of times, actually, it will initiate a conversation between adults and kids that can make a difference because uh, <clears throat> school is, today's school is not the way school was when I was growing up, for sure. Amen on that. And certainly for a lot of parents. And so one of the, the big reveals for parents who watch the movie or sometimes they'll read the book with their kid is they'll get a, a deeper understanding of how school is. And it it gives the kid a little comfort in speaking to an adult that now maybe gets it because uh, that's, that's been, that's the biggest problem in a lot of this bullying situation is that adults just don't, whether it's teachers, parents, or whoever, they kind of don't think that this issue is, is, uh, is out there as it is. And so, because most of the bullying takes place outside the view of an adult, 85% of bullying is not seen by an adult. And so right. whether it's on the bus, in the hallways, in the cafeteria, in the locker room, whatever. And so it's just really, uh, you know, the, the some of the stories we get from kids about how it's given them hope or the ones that really get to us a lot are the kids who were the bullies who will tell us that they never really understood what they were doing to somebody and how they have changed. And actually, I was speaking to a, uh, a college group and this big old wow. football looking kid comes up and he goes, I read your book. And I was like, yeah. And he said, uh, I just want you to know I was about halfway through with it. And I put the book down and I got on Facebook and I found this kid I went to high school with and I apologized for how I treated him. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's just one of many cases, whether it's an eighth grader changing, having a change of heart or an adult. And so oh, wow. it's, uh, it's been good stuff. And as, yeah, as a former teacher, and then teachers for Diane and I to to for things like this to happen, uh, we feel like we're still teachers. And as a teacher, that really never goes away. And so when we visit schools, it kind of gives us our teacher fix. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and at the same time, we we feel confident that even if a kid never says anything to us, it's given them uh, more hope for their tomorrow. Fantastic. Now, is it you? You mentioned. Have you written anything else? Yes, we've got. Uh, well, I mean, I've done other screenplays. You know, I have several shorts produced. We've got some other uh, nar uh, feature narratives that are in uh, kind of pre-production stage, and we've got a couple of books coming out this spring. One is called Under the Gumbo Limbo Tree, and the other one is the uh, story of Teddy Kramer. And if you're any kind of a baseball fan, you might remember this kid in Cincinnati with Down syndrome who became Bat Boy for the Cincinnati Reds a few years ago. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we, um, 
saw actually Jason, who directed Fatboy Chronicles, saw this thing on ABC News about Teddy. And he called me up and he said, you need to watch this. And so it was very emotional and, and how Teddy just won the hearts of the players and the and the fans of Cincinnati. And then the impact he had in the down because he has Down syndrome and how people would come to the Reds games uh, after Teddy got to be Bat Boy a couple of times just to meet Teddy. And they would bring their special needs children so that they could understand that, hey, things can work out for you. And so that part of the story was just amazing. So we talked to the parents and all that. So anyway, Diane and I wrote Teddy's story through his eyes. And so it's uh, that book will be out right at the beginning of uh, baseball season. And so I got a feeling that one might do okay in Cincinnati at least. I want to read that one. Yeah. We, we love it. We've just been going back and forth yesterday with the publisher about changes and all that. You know, that's all you do in writing world is edit. <laughs> I mean, wow. you get to write a little bit and then you spend twice as much time editing i mean that was the case in fat boy chronicles we kind of knocked that out in maybe nine months but we probably spent easily a year in edits and so, oh wow and i guess we're slow but it worked <laughs> <laughs> that's funny wow great that's teddy that sounds like a really cool book to read i mean that could be the the another stepping stone for you from the fat boy chronicles because again the idea of helping kids no matter if they're have downs or just being bullied in school right it's just amazing you are very talented let me tell you something fat boy chronicles like i said i don't know being a horror reviewer and and uh why i wanted to watch that i told you why is because of the heaviness on both sides of my family so you know it hit home but uh, it's a, a fantastic movie, and I wish you all the best. I mean, you ha- it's just, um, you're a God blessing. That's what you are for kids going into the ninth grade. I mean, knowing that they have something that they can uh, understand, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for those kind words, and, and, uh, and thanks for watching it. I mean, you know, it's, and, for, uh, and for taking the time to, do your inter, do your review and to post it and to to put it out there. <clears throat> I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> one of the things we've learned about this project is is the grassroots efforts and just word of mouth makes such a difference. And so there's it'll pop up in places I never suspected. And so uh, you know, and it's, like, it's <laughs> and it's folks like you that have that have really made the difference. You know, we just write. But unless people are telling other people about it, then then what we do doesn't make doesn't make a difference. Well, thanks for coming on, and thanks for your busy schedule to make time to discuss the Fat Boy Chronicles. Well, thank you very much for the invite. All right, you take care of yourself. All right, you too. Thanks a lot. Have a have yeah, a good we'll rest you. of the winter. <laughs> oh yeah, thanks. You bet. We'll see you. Okay. Bye bye.